Thank you, loving Father, for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. We say all praise, honor, glory, and adoration be unto your name now and forevermore. Our Father in heaven, weak as we are, we come to you that you will grant to us power. Give us grace, Lord, today to live for you. As we fellowship with you, we ask for the gift of your Spirit. Grant us understanding of your words. Give us words to speak that will bless those who would listen. Do all this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, March 15. Which Captain? For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. Psalm 48 verse 14 We are all under one or the other of two great captains. One, the creator of man and of the world, is the greatest of all. All owe him the allegiance of their whole being, the devotion of their entire affection. If the mind is given to his control, and if God has the molding and developing of the powers of the mind, new moral power will be received daily from the source of all wisdom and all strength. Moral blessings and divine beauties will reward the efforts of everyone whose mind is heaven-bent. We may grasp revelations, heavenly beauties that lie beyond the short vision of the worldling, that outshine the imagination of the greatest mind. Satan is the leader of the worldly. His highest aim is to gather under his banner the majority of the world, that numbers may stand against the power of righteousness and eternal truth. Talent and ability given of God to be devoted to his service are laid at the feet of the great rebel of God's government. While the worldly wise is scheming along the surface, grasping the things of sight and sense, the one who fears and reveres God is reaching into eternity, penetrating the deepest recesses and gathering the knowledge and riches that are as enduring as eternity. Justice, honor, love, and truth are the attributes of God's throne. They are the principles of his government. These are jewels to be sought after and cherished for time and for eternity. To walk the world a pure man of untarnished morals, bearing the sacred principles of truth in your heart, its influence seen in the acts of your life. To live uncorrupted by the baseness, falsity, and dishonesty of a world which must soon be purified of its moral corruption by the fires of God's retributive justice, is to be a man whose record is immortalized in heaven, honored among 
the pure angels who weigh and appreciate moral worth. This is what it is to be a man of God. Amen. The title of our devotion is Which Captain? And we'll be looking at it from the perspective of developing from yesterday's devotion, which was titled God Calls for Our Best Affection. Uh, a little bit we looked at it and we understood that there are things we do that determine who our captain is. As we have seen in the devotion, we have just two captains. Yesterday, we looked at the Bible passage telling us that no man, no man can serve two masters. That is Matthew 6 verse 24. Is it that you hate one and love the other, love one and hate the other? Today, we are seeing who these two masters are. One is God, the creator of heaven and earth, who deserves all allegiance. He's the greatest of all. And not just that he did, like when I say he deserves it, we owe him all our allegiance and devotion of our entire affection. And when we talk of affection, we're talking of love. We're talking of our feelings. We ought to feel love towards him. We owe it to him. And then the second master or captain is none other than Satan himself, the adversary, the enemy of God, the one who has chosen to oppose the creator of heaven and earth. And based on the things we do with our bodies, based on the beliefs we have in our minds, based on our practices and principles by which we live, our master is determined. If we are children of God, the principles by which we live our lives will be in accordance with his principles. His mind will be one with our mind. His beliefs and practices will be one with our beliefs and practices. But if we are having practices and beliefs opposed to that of the creator of heaven and earth, if we are doing things that he condemns, if we are cherishing ideas and beliefs that are contrary to that which he cherishes and believes, then we have another master. We may not know it. We may not acknowledge him with our lips. We may not go to a throne or an altar owned by the devil or Satan, but we are verily his subjects. We are verily his children. We are verily his servants by virtue of our practices, our beliefs, our ideas, and our customs. These are the things that determine who our master is. So what is your belief? What ideas do you cherish in your mind? What are your customs and practices? What are the principles by which you live? Are they in accordance with that of the word of God? Then you are a subject to him and he is your captain, your master. But if not, then verily it is the devil, Satan, that is your captain and master. For an example, we looked at yesterday's devotion which talked about hilarity and glee and all these foolish parties. That is a practice and you have to ask yourself, this practice which master does it show I am under when I engage in these practices of course we saw yesterday that when we engage in all this interesting and joking and foolish partings and pleasures they are oblations or sacrifices given to the master who owns such practices which is Satan you may do it in a church 
you may even go to a place where you prayed before you started these things but by virtue of the practices done whether you prayed or not whether you call yourself a child of god or not you may hold high positions in church you may call yourself elder even pastor most holy reverend as they do today you may call yourself pope priest you may call yourself whatever high position in the ecclesiastical authorities may give to you you may call yourself those names but it's your practices that show where you belong do you take alcohol do you do things that are unbecoming things that are contrary to the word of god like i said call yourself what you may then as far as these are things you cherish as right in yourself then you are subject to the master satan now i do not mean to say that every time we sin that it shows that we are children of the devil or something because we have inclinations it is possible like we saw i think in two days ago's devotion that uh, we could enlist ourselves in the army of god and start climbing that ladder and there may be times when someone falls yes in that time when they fell when we fall we sin against god and we do things contrary to his will and at that moment we serve sin and we serve the devil but god doesn't necessarily judge us based on that one act what is your habitual act it doesn't mean that that act cannot take you to take you away from the kingdom of god don't get me wrong it can of course but where are we inclining towards what belief do you cherish in your mind where are you where is your direction that is what really matters where is your direction because eventually if you are going in a particular direction for example if i say to myself that i have understood that this particular thing is a sin something is a sin and i start going in that direction trying my best to go against that thing and sometimes i fall of course that doesn't make me a child of satan permanently or forever and ever that's not what it means that is a fall but i have somewhere i'm going to and i pick up myself and rise again and start walking in the right direction see that momentarily we are choosing where we belong at that time when i fail of course if i remain in that fall then i'm a child of satan but if i rise up and start walking in the right direction again then it shows that it was a fall and i am still going in the right direction i have chosen to do what is right confess your sins the bible tells us he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness but there is a man another man who does not even believe that certain things is a sin and he's not going in that direction at all he's walking contrary to the ideas and principles of god and believes that he is right in doing that he doesn't see reason why he should change those beliefs or practices he defends it and says there's nothing wrong while like i said earlier doesn't mean that they call themselves children of the devil like i said they can be pope priest pastor elder most holy reverend whatever be you want to call them priest bishop they can be any of these things but as far as the ideas cherished in the mind are contrary to the word of god and then it will show of course in the practices then you can tell that this person has not made god their captain they have not made christ he has not made Christ his master. But this devotion is making a call to us to make our master to be the God of heaven and earth. 
and here it says if the mind is given to his control and if God has the molding and developing of the powers of the mind, new moral power will be received daily from the source of all wisdom and all strength. Where do we see that in the Bible? John 1 verse 12. If we receive Christ, it says as many as received him, to them gave he power. That power is moral power. Moral power is what is given to become the sons of God and we have made this connection several times. Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 8, Ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we are told the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. We see that in Galatians 5 reading from verse 19. If that is the fruit of the Spirit, then we see that indeed when the Spirit comes, we receive power. And that power lets us to it's a moral power that lets us to go contrary to the principles of our flesh, to go against carnality, to go against immorality and follow morality. And that's why we have read here now that whenever we give our mind to God's control, that is, it's to give your mind to God's control is the same thing as receiving him to yourself. That is what the Bible says in John 1 verse 12. As many as received him is the same thing as saying as many as gave him control over their lives god gives them the moral power he has the molding and developing of the powers of their mind and new moral power will be received daily from the source of all wisdom and all strength moral blessings and divine beauties will reward the efforts of everyone whose mind is heaven bent so this is what i'm talking of now heaven inclined heaven bent you are going in a particular direction and something will come to you because of that choice you will have moral blessings and divine beauties that is the reward we may grasp revelations heavenly beauties that lie beyond the short vision of the worldling that outshine the imagination of the greatest mind this is what we get when we choose christ but i would like to talk more of how do we receive him because i know just like myself many may be asking this same question okay i want to get this power what do i do to receive christ I think what you do is simple, is to pray, to acknowledge him and believe, okay, Lord, I believe that you can save me and you give yourself over to him, believing that he can help you. Your desires may not have changed, your inclinations may not have changed, but we are told that with the mind we serve Christ. So when the mind has chosen Christ and you pray to him to come into the life, be ready to receive moral power and by faith begin to practice the things that he has asked you to do and when we say by faith that is by depending on god not by depending on self do what he has asked you to do no self-confidence if you have self-confidence god will tell you do something and you say no i'll do it this way and i'll still get the same result that is self-confidence do exactly as he says don't do differently from what he says he says if your right eye causes you to sin cut it off then cut it off don't say no i will hold on to it and still get the victory so receiving christ is very important because if we do not receive him then we will not receive the power that is needed we are not to use our talents or our ability or the gifts god has given to us which is our life to serve satan we may be struggling with certain certain characters that we have developed while serving him but we are to pray that we get out of his grasp so that he is not our master anymore it's it's supposed to be our earnest desire to see how we can make god our master in everything every time we keep falling into sin it shows that we have not yet left the the servitude of satan and the servitude of sin 
So we need to strive with all the powers of our being to make our calling and election sure, to make sure that Christ is the one who is our master and our leader. And if you are doing this, you see it in a life that is not skimming along the surface like the world is doing, trying to grasp the things of sight and sense, trying to please the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's not what you'll be doing. But it says the one who fears and reveres God is reaching into eternity, penetrating the deepest resources and gathering the knowledge and riches that are as enduring as eternity. What does this simply mean? He's studying his Bible. He is studying it not on the surface, but studying it deeply. He is praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit to grant him understanding. He is spending time with God in prayer and Bible study, and he is talking about Christ. He is witnessing. That is what it means here, that when one fears God, he reaches into eternity and penetrates to the deepest recesses. The deepest recesses you can go into the mind of God is into his word. And this is what we should do if we must give our allegiance to him and if he must be our master. We must learn to love honor, justice and truth, which are the attributes of his throne and also love. These are the principles of his government. It is my prayer that God will give us this grace to be this man of God, this one who is a servant of God. And what does it mean to be a servant of God? It means that we walk, like we read here, the world, we walk the world a pure man of untarnished morals, bearing the sacred principles of truth in our heart, that its influence will be seen in the act of our life, that we live uncorrupted by the baseness, the falsity and dishonesty of a world which must soon be purified of its moral corruption by the fires of God's retributive justice. This is what it means to be a man of God. And I tell you, it's not an easy thing to do. Very, very difficult, but yet it's possible. And that's what I like. As difficult as it may be, we thank God that with God all things are possible. How many of us can live uncorrupted by the baseness and falsity and dishonesty of the world? There's so much which passes by in the world that looks as if it is alright. The courts of justice have no problem with it. But if you go through the word of God, you'll find out that God has a lot of problem with many things that we do in the world we are not to allow the practices and customs of the world to blind us to the sinfulness of many things that is done just because something is popular and common doesn't make it right we ought to make the word of god our, our guide not what people are doing not what is popular there's a tendency for people to see things as since it is popular in christianity therefore it's all right we are not to use that to judge what is all right but rather to use the word of god because if we do that, we'll be corrupted by the business, the falsity and dishonesty of the world. Let not the Christian make that his basis, the popular religion, but rather the word of God. I pray that we will indeed be this man of God who would live pure and uncorrupted from the influences of the world. Amen. We are all under one or the other two captains one the creature of man and of the world is the greatest of all all owe him the allegiance of their whole being the devotion of their entire affection if the mind is given to his control and if God has the molding and developing of the powers of the mind new moral power will be received daily from the source of all wisdom and all strength. Moral blessings and divine beauties will reward the efforts 
of everyone whose mind is heaven-bent we may grasp revelations so I, I i want to take this point say moral blessings and divine beauties will reward the efforts of everyone whose mind is heaven-bent and the question is so if my mind is not heaven-bent then i will not have these moral blessings and divine beauties so i have to count the cost in Samuel's first Samuel chapter 17 Saul said to David because you understand that we are in a battle we are engaged in battle and in this battle was between David and Goliath we are like David and the enemy is like Goliath he said thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth and David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. In other words, he was saying that I have a captain. He was giving Saul his resume. He trusted in the Lord from his youth, even though he had not been fighting open battles, but he had learned to trust God. And then he ended up saying that seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. And so he understood that this battle is between Christ and the enemy. And this man is defying the armies of the living God. A man of war from eternity past is our captain. And David, talking later, said he teaches, he teaches my fingers to war that my hand can bend a bow of steel. So the question again is, are our battle ready? Are we ready for the battle? Are you entering into the battle with Saul's helmet? Please let Saul wear his helmet. And we must take on the helmet of salvation. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 8. This cry was given to the soldiers, to the armies of Israel before the battle. We say, and the officers shall speak further unto the people and they shall see what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted let him go and return unto his house lest his brethren's heart faint as well as his heart you see this is the the, the power of influence if the man is fearful and faint-hearted and in the heat of war he will be retreating and he will cause others heart to faint and so it is in the in this battle that we are engaging second timothy chapter 2 verse verse 4 it says no man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier and if a man also strive for masteries yet is he not crowned except he strive lovefully so the success now this this um, last reading takes me to the life of a man called Nehemiah whose heart was heaven bent and when he saw what he was supposed to do he channeled his efforts to seeing it accomplished so the success attending Nehemiah's effort shows what prayer faith and wise energetic action will accomplish Nehemiah was not a priest. He was not a prophet. He made no pretension to high title. 
he was a reformer raised up for an important time. It was his aim to set his people right with God, inspired with a great purpose. He bent every energy of his being to its accomplishment. High and unbending integrity marked his efforts. As he came into contact with evil and opposition to right, he took so determined a stand that the people were aroused to labor with fresh zeal and courage. They could not but recognize his loyalty. His patriotism and his deep love for God and seeing this, they were willing to follow where he led. Industry in a God-appointed duty is an important part of true religion. Man or man should seize circumstances as God's instrument with which to walk his will. Prompt and decisive action at the right time will gain glorious victories, while delay and neglect results in failure and dishonor to God. If the leaders in the cause of truth show no zeal, if they are indifferent and purposeless, the church will be careless, indolent, and pleasure-loving. But if they are filled with a holy purpose to serve God and Him alone, the people will be united, hopeful, eager. The Word of God abounds in sharp and striking contrasts. Sin and holiness are placed side by side, that beholding we may shun the one and accept the other. The pages that describe the hatred, falsehood and treachery of Sanballat and Tobiah describe also the nobility, devotion and self-sacrifice of Ezra and Nehemiah. We are left free to copy either as we choose. The fearful result of transgressing God's commands are placed over against the blessings and results, blessings resulting from obedience. We are we ourselves must decide whether we will suffer the one or enjoy the other. So you see the commandments, you hear of the Ten Commandments, those are commands from our captain, our commander. And so when we go against them, we, we show that we are not ready to be soldiers in this army. Our Lord is cognizant of the conflict of his people in these last days with the satanic agencies combined with evil men who neglect and refuse this great salvation. With the greatest simplicity and candor, our Savior, the mighty general of the armies of heaven, does not conceal the stern conflict which they will experience. He points out the dangers. He shows us the plan of the battle and the hard and hazardous work to be done and then lifts his voice before entering the conflict to count the cost while at the same time he encourages all to take up the weapons of their warfare and expect the heavenly host to compose the armies to war in defense of truth and righteousness. See, we're fighting in defense of truth and righteousness. Man's weakness shall find supernatural strength and help in every stern conflict to do the deeds of omnipotence. And perseverance in faith and perfect trust in God will ensure success. 
while the vast confederacy of evil is arrayed against them he bids them to be brave and strong and fight valiantly for they have a heaven to win and they have more than an angel in their ranks the mighty general of the armies lead the armies of heaven as on the occasion of the taking of Jericho not one of the armies of Israel could boast of exercising their finite strength to overthrow the walls of the city but the captain of the Lord's host planned that battle in the greatest simplicity that the Lord alone receive the glory and man should not be exalted so brethren and sisters we are workers together with God you have not come into the church to let your talents rust while others do the work you should obey the apostolic injunction seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church you are as a camp of armed men soldiers enlisted under the banner of the cross whose duty is to go out into a revolted wall and bring back as many as possible to allegiance to Christ every new volunteer must learn to endure hardness as a good soldier to keep the armor on to wield the sword of the spirit and to gain victories for the captain of our salvation review and hero march 6 may 6 1884 amen the the last paragraph of the reading says to walk the wall a pure man of untarnished morals bearing the sacred principles of truth in your heart its influence seen in the acts of your life to live uncorrupted by the baseness falsity and dishonesty of a wall which must soon be purified of its moral corruption by the fires of God's retributive justice is to be a man whose record is immortalized in heaven honored among the pure angels who weigh and appreciate moral worth this is what it is to be a man of god and i'll read from the book education 255 say as a shield from temptation and an inspiration to purity and truth no other influence can equal the sense of God's presence all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him whom with whom we have to do he is of purer eyes than to behold evil and can't not look on iniquity hebrews 4 verse 13 habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 this thought was joseph's shield amidst the corruptions of egypt to the allurements of temptation his answer was steadfast how can i do this great wickedness and sin against the god genesis chapter 3 39 verse 9 such a shield faith if cherished will bring to every soul only the sense of god's presence can banish the fear that for the timid child will make life a burden so we see that joseph even in the courts of 
Pharaoh's palace was as one that saw not all the temptation and corruption that was happening there did not affect him because he knew the captain of the lost was, was in, with him and so his mind was bent in bringing God the glory and he had a sense of his presence and so if this be our daily routine or in our daily life we learn to appreciate or to realize that we walk before God whose eyes are purer than to behold evil then we will learn to appreciate that the angels are also around us and even if we are in temptation we'll learn to send up prayers to heaven that he should help us and then we'll live this kind of life that has been read now and we must emulate the life of these holy men that live before us so this is my prayer in jesus name From everything we have been learning from the devotion since the beginning of the month, it shows us the privilege of being led by a captain, a captain who has conquered all, and a captain who is ready to give us the power to conquer. From today's reading, we see Satan is the leader of the worldling. His highest aim is to gather under his banner the majority of the world that numbers may stand against the power of righteousness and eternal truth you see today the reason why we would say i do not know what to say that is satanism or paganism but we see the reason why today there is so much rebel against the word of god christianity is the most popular religion of today but it is not spirituality because many who claim to be christians are not christians at all because they still partake with the with the, with the drunkards they still go to the places where the those who claim not to even know god go to whether to the bars they sing the same songs they, in fact they perform almost the same activities which god dishonors and today we see we have to follow one captain Either we are following Christ or we are following the devil. And following the devil, there's no benefit at all. It, it is just uh, an apparent benefit we may, we may see. The worldly may be having so much, maybe in this earth, maybe money or material things, which in turn, many of them also do suffer in all these things. But our captain, he is here to give us something everlasting. Something that is of both benefit here in this earth and in the life to come. Importantly, the last paragraph of this reading today says, To walk the world a pure man of untarnished morals, bearing the sacred principles of truth in your heart, its influence seen in the acts of your life to live uncorrupted by the baseness falsity and dishonesty of a world which must soon be purified of its moral corruption by the fire of god's retributive justice is to be a man whose record is immortalized in heaven honored among the pure angels who weigh and appreciate moral worth 
this is what it is to be a man of god in fact in this in this battle between the two captains we already know that the devil's battle is a lost one so we would be deceiving ourselves trying to make feel that ah what treading on satan's path there is still hope for us no there is no hope the only hope is is, is to be a man of god and being a man of god we have to walk pure we have to make sure we are untainted we are not influenced by the falsity by the dishonesty of this world so as christians at every point in our lives we have to make sure god's word is our guide the world itself has a policy they have a guide which they follow but we we have to make sure that we are following christ's own orders christ orders is not the popular order of the day the world will tell you that yes it, it it is good to to oppress it is good to lie once in a while it is good to maybe deceive if it is good to fornicate the world may say these things but as christians who want to follow christ we are not to do these things we are to follow god at every point in our lives so it is our prayer that at every day we choose christ as our captain we know indeed it's a battle that we all have to fight. But being under Christ's banner, the victory is assured. All he wants us is obedience. He wants us to obey the words which he has commanded us, the orders which he has written down for us to follow. So I pray God helps us all. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you. We thank you for your words today thank you for your leading thus far we see that we have to live day by day moment by moment listening to your commands now receive them as instructions from our captain we are just soldiers we are not commanders but let us learn oh lord teach us to copy and follow others and no questions asked for we understand that you have one victories after victories and you are in charge of this ones too even in our personal lives we will learn to hand it over unto thee this is our prayer to christ our lord amen